Warning, the following episode features numerous spoilers and adult language. Listener discretion advised. On today's episode, we watch 2010's The Social Network and 1999's Existence. So deny that friend request and order the special. And enjoy the show. All right, welcome everybody to another edition of the Movies from A to B podcast, also known as the MFAB podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Gavin. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, first up on... What do we got on the docket today? On the docket today is 2010's The Social Network, directed by David Fincher, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, and Justin Timberlake, amongst others. Amongst many others. Many others, yeah. Really good cast with this one, actually. A decent cast, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anything you want to say before we jump into it here? Um... No, yeah. No, and I think we could just hop right into this one. Hop right into I got some words on this one. Yeah. All right. This oh. is going to be an interesting one, folks. So, stay tuned. Might, um, might, might be interesting. Yeah. Might be dull as shit. We don't know. All right. We're not listening to this. So, <laughs> before we get into it, this is just basically a movie about the beginnings of Facebook, everybody's favorite social media uh, account. A fictionalized beginning, too. Yeah, very fictionalized. Um, this is based on a, the book, The Accidental Billionaires, um, and this movie is largely, according to some of the actual people behind it, it was exaggerated, fictionalized. There's a lot of this that isn't real, but yeah. the bare bones of the story is true. So the movie starts out. With oh, God. Jesse just, Eisenberg's character, he's playing Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's yep. founder, um, talking with... Just a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. He's talking with his, with his girlfriend, Erica Albright, in the bar. He's really odd, fast talker, um, and as Gavin said, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's, he's a just a dick. dick through and through. Like. Yeah. And he just... He keeps talking so fast, and you can see she's having trouble keeping up with him. And then he basically just tells her. It's not her, even that. He's being super condescending the entire time, just talking yeah. down to her. Fucking and how this guy even has a girlfriend is beyond me. Yeah, and he basically says, oh, please, the only reason we're in this bar is because you used to sleep with the doorman. Yeah. And she's like, pretty much dumps him right there on the spot. Yeah. And Which, good for her. Um, from this point, there's a nice scene of him running through the streets of Boston. Oh, speaking of, you said the murder party had a long intro trip yeah. where he's going from one place to another. Yeah. This was like twice as long. Yeah, this is long too. But this is this is during the opening credits though. Yeah, as opposed still. to the murder party it wasn't. Um but during this point you're introduced to probably one of my favorite parts of this entire movie and that's the score. This is the first part of the score. If you listen to it, um it's it's it starts off super calming. And then it takes a dark turn. And I just want to give a huge credit to Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for doing the score. Yeah, it was a decent score. It was very mellow. Yeah, they did end up winning the Oscar for no. Best Score for this picture. It is, I love it. It's incredible. What's the word I'm thinking of? Melody something. Melody something? I don't know. It's just a feeling of the, the soundtrack gave the... Yeah, it, it fit really well with the film. I'm thinking of a word. I can't think of it. <laughs> when you think of that, you can come back to yeah, it. Yeah, well, maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um, so we get back to his place in, yeah. uh, what is it, Kirkland? Kirkland House. Yeah, yeah, Kirkland House, where we find out instantly that he's a huge blog junkie. Yeah, live journal. Yeah, he's got a live journal. He, well, he had, like, three different sites pulled up where he was writing in all of them. Yeah. And he's a little intoxicated at this point, and he's pissed about Erica, so he just starts trashing her on his blog and decides to make a website. Well, we kind of have a split screen or split section of this where it's going between him writing his blog and working on his website and this frat party that's going the frat on. frat party, yeah. At the, is that the one at the Phoenix house, I think, that he was talking about? Yeah. Um, but he basically ends up inviting his buddy Eduardo, played by Andrew Garfield, and he... Eduardo gives him an algorithm after he's hacked into all the house's um, directory pages to get every girl in Harvard. Get all their photos. All their photos, and gives him an algorithm for a website to rate the girls. Yeah, like a hot or not, which yeah. he mentions. Even. He mentions, yeah. yeah. Calls it face smash. Face smash. And basically this leads to him uh, spamming it out to everybody in the Harvard network. Yep. And within a night, they crash Harvard's server. Yeah, in two hours, they got 22,000 hits or whatever, yeah. so it crashes the network. Yeah. 
And, of course, he obviously gets into trouble. Yeah, that's a big no-no. But uh, there's a big story in Harvard's paper, the Crimson, about it. And this is where we meet the Winklevoss twins. The Wonder Twins. The Wonder Twins. Yeah. And they are played by Army Hammer. Um, both of them are, but not really. Army Hammer's face is on both of them, but one of their bodies is played by another actor, Josh Pence. Oh, yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. So it, it's kind of the same guy, but not the same guy. And we also meet their business associate, Divian Arendra, played by Max Minghella. They basically want Mark. They're like, this guy's a genius. We have They hear here. about his little exploit and they yeah. want to give him an ultimatum so they can he can do something for them. Right. Um, so they run into him and they invite him to the Porcellian house, which Mark is like, he wants to be in this, this Porcellian club. At so this point, I have, I have it written down in my notes here that I, I still hate him. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. still hate Mark's character. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg's character is yep. still a douchebag. I get to it later. He, yeah, he's still a he's still. I'm going to point out every time I had written this down throughout the... <laughs> okay, so. you do that, because he is a dick throughout the entire movie. So just amazing. Um, basically... He meets with the Winklevoss twins and Divian, and they pitch him an idea for a thing kind of like MySpace, but exclusive to uh-huh. Harvard. You have to have a Harvard email to get it. And Mark's like, mm, this could work. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we'll be in touch. Yeah. And he kind of goes back, and this is where he kind of starts working on Facebook. Yeah, this is. Well, he's supposed to be working with the Winklevoss twins. But he's working on his own little project. Yeah. Ooh, and we did miss the little scene in between there where uh, he's sitting in class and he gets the milk passed oh, yeah. to him, which has spawned into like a million memes I've seen on oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's just hilarious. Yeah, he gets a note from a chick in his class. Just says, you dick. You dick. <laughs> yeah. Being pissed so, off which about Which is his pretty much true. You can't yeah. disagree with it. Um, but so Mark goes back, he br- uh, invites Eduardo over and says, yo, I need a little startup Ooh. cash. Yeah, he goes to the Jewish frat, which is exactly how I expected it would be. <laughs> yeah, the Jewish fraternity party, yeah. yeah the Caribbean night in the middle Caribbean of winter. Night, yeah. Not very hopping. Nope. No. <laughs> you never thought Jewish frat parties would be hopping? I thought they'd be off the hook, but... Right? Uh... <laughs> Apparently not at Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe at Brown, they're a little bit better, but I don't know. Um, so they basically... Mark's like, I need some startup cash. Eduardo's like, sure. It sounds like an awesome idea. And he also tells him that, Eduardo tells him that he got into the Phoenix Club, which is one of well, the, he got pres- the first. He got the first cut of the Phoenix yeah. Club, which is this prestigious club at Harvard. And right away, you can tell Mark's jealous. Yeah. So he's trying to be happy for his friend. Is he? He's, yeah. he's, he's jealous, fun. but still a dick. He's yeah. like, oh, that's great. Most people don't even make it past that. You should be happy. Yeah. When you, you know? don't get any further, you should be really proud of yourself. Yeah. Um, and then this whole time this is going on, we're in uh, depositions of Mark and Eduardo and Mark and the Wink of Us twins. Yeah. Um, because the whole point of this movie is how Mark's being sued by everybody. And they're just kind of relaying the story. So it's kind of a flashback movie. but It, it jumps just, from here to there. Yeah, it jumps, but in a good way. So it's not confusing at all. Um and this entire time, there's, isn't there a mon- like a montage of him like coding and about how he's sending emails to the Winklevoss twins yeah. about, oh, I'm having problems. But there's a lot of different montages in this one. Yeah. Especially this one is uh, emails being read at the deposition and then shots of Mark avoiding them and yeah. them reading off emails that Mark sent to him like, hey, I'm not going to be able to make this meeting. I'm not going to be able to make this, blah, blah, blah. I'll try next week, so well, on and so forth. And Eduardo being initiated. Yeah. And the entire time he's not telling the Winklevoss twins there's problems, he's really creating Facebook. Yeah, he's not even working on their project. Yeah. He's pretty much stealing it. And he's always wearing sandals. And shorts in and the middle shorts. of fucking winter. In the middle of fucking winter in Boston. I even wrote that down. Who the fuck wears shorts? In yeah, winter? it's got to be excruciatingly cold there. He's always in sandals. At one point he literally runs outside in sandals and he's in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> this is after he got the idea for the relationship status. And he's like... It's cold, but I got work to do, so he yeah. just keeps running. Mm-hmm. Like, what a dick. Do dicks wear sandals? Yeah, and shorts. And they do. Um, so they add the relationship status. Facebook goes live. Winklevoss twins find out they're pissed. After, because uh, who is their little buddy again? Divian. Divian, yeah. He, his girlfriend uh, gets a link. He literally she... is their little buddy. He's this <laughs> tiny Indian guy, yeah. and they're just huge guys who are true. He's a little buddy. But his girlfriend gets all his links, and she's hoping they're cats that look like Hitler. I thought that was pretty funny. 
Um, but yeah, he goes back and talks to the Winklevoss twins, and there's a line in here where I just I bust out laughing because this is a dramatic movie, and a line like this made me laugh so hard. Um, one of the twins, or Divian says, "Let's hire the Sopranos to beat the shit out of him," and one of the twins is like, "We don't have to. I'm six five, two twenty, and there's two of me." Just kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> just shows how fucking egotistical the twins are. Yeah. Because they real crew, they come from, you know, a very privileged family, so they think everything should be given to them. So you really hate yeah. them, too. I didn't hate them as much. They were just Not trying to much, do something. Though, like, there's one scene a little later we'll talk about that I really hated them, that you really kind of get to see what they think, how they privileged they think they are. But anyway. I mean, honestly, I hate everybody in this movie. Yeah. But they, there's only, like, one person, Eduardo, that I do not hate as much yeah. as I hate the rest, but I hate <laughs> everybody in this movie. They're just horrible people. <laughs> But they, okay, so the twins don't want to sue him because they're gentlemen of Harvard. It's not the Harvard way. Just um, ethics. I mean, that's ethics. Yeah. So, okay, what else do you expect to do? And we meet uh, Mark and Eduardo. They're at a like a what is it like a? Well, Bill Gates Bill is having a seminar. Awesome, Bill Gates in person. Yeah, he looked just like him. Look, look just like. They didn't him. show him much, but no. And I found out in further reading that that guy's a professional Bill Gates in person. I was wondering because I was wondering if that was actually him. But his voice was some African American kid. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> it wasn't his voice. I don't know. He must not be that good of an impersonator if you have to get somebody else's voice. Well, if all you gotta do is look like him, I... he looked like him. Yeah. Get paid but, for yeah, I I thought it was a real Bill Gates there. Um, no, that's where they meet the hot Asians. Yeah. And at this point, Harvard's getting pretty popular. Aren't they in a couple different schools now? Yeah, they're... Yeah. They've the reached... Ten schools or something. Ten schools or something. Um, Eduardo wants to monetize the site. He basically wants to sell it. Get ads. ads. Make some money. Yeah. Mark's like, no, not yet. It's, it's cool now. We can't cool. do that. This is when... They meet the girls, yeah. two Asian chicks. They end up going out for drinks after the decease and desist letter. Disorder. Mark's like, yeah, whatever. And Eduardo's freaking out, and Mark basically calms him down. Um, then they go get uh, BJ's the in the bathroom. In the bathroom. <laughs> and who does Mark run into there? Erica. Erica, that's her name. She owns him. Yeah, she does make him look like a shit. Well, just owns him. And then there's a token black guy there, too. Yeah, I thought that was... <laughs> gets one line of dialogue. I couldn't... I couldn't... Is there a problem here, Erica? <laughs> Is there a problem here, Erica? And that's all. Nope. So they expand to Yale, Columbia, and Stanford. And this is where we meet Justin Timberlake's character. Yeah, Napster's creator, Justin Timberlake. Co-founder of Napster, yeah. Sean Parker. Because in the Italian job, we had the other founder of Napster, Sean Fanagan. Oh, yeah. Napster. Napster. Yeah. He goes by Napster. Um... And he's just got done banging this chick who I noticed it now. It's Dakota Johnson, who was in Fifty Shades of Grey. So probably one of her first big roles. Was nailed by just 10 seconds of. Uh, <laughs> almost caught a shot of titties, too, I was hoping. Yeah, I was she hoping. She jumped out of the shower. Yeah, but... it's PG 13, so. Yeah. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Um, he basically finds out about Facebook from there, and he's like, oh, God, I got to meet these guys. Yeah. Um, and then we Which flash. They end up doing. Or... They, they do end up meeting, but not for a little bit. First, we go and see the Winklevosses getting to meet with the president of Harvard. Oh, yeah. And they're undergrads, so it's like, how do they get this meeting? Oh, their dad. Family ties. Family ties. And their whole thing is Mark stole their idea. That's in the code of ethics at yeah, Harvard. It's That's in the student handbook that you can't do that. And the president is. Just puts them in their place. Yeah, he really makes them feel like shit. Yeah, which they should, because they don't get everything handed to them. And that's basically what he's trying to tell them. He's like, go out there, do something. Well, and they almost seemingly did, but they're then mad. got it stolen and are upset about it. Yeah. And he's saying, go start something. Go start no. something else. Yeah, I mean, you're, they're smart guys they're at Harvard. They can start something yeah, else. They're not the smartest guys. They're not. No, they're, they're kind of. Uh, yeah. They were all cool. Real true. They did eventually roll in the Olympics. Yeah, I got sixth place. Sixth place. In Beijing Olympics. Yeah. In Beijing. So this is where Mark and then Edward, Eduardo and Eduardo's girlfriend, Christy, yeah. um, meet with Sean Parker. As Eduardo dubs it, the Seanathon. And yeah. it's like a montage of them drinking apple teenies and having food. Expensive food, drinks, telling stories, the whole bit. Yeah. 
But, you know, you can see that uh, Mark's completely entranced by him at this point. Yeah, he's, he's just, like, nodding his head at everything he says. Yeah, if he could pop on the table and give him a hammer, I'm sure he would have. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you can um, see it in his eyes. He wanted it. And Sean basically says, it's still not time to, to monetize yet, and then tells him, at this point they had been referring to Facebook as the Facebook. the Facebook. And he says, drop the the, just Facebook. And Mark's, like, Probably just jizzing in his pants yeah. right there. Art was like, this fucking guy. Yeah. And this is where we learn about Eduardo and his forced cannibalism. Yeah, his uh, cannibal chicken. Yeah. In one of the forced. depositions, they asked Eduardo if he would do anything that would embarrass the company. Yeah. And he's like, no. And what, not even forced cannibalism? <laughs> and there's a story about him. Being pledged by the Phoenix, he had to carry around a live chicken. And keep it alive for keep a week. It alive. Which doesn't seem like much of a task. No, but they were at a restaurant and he ended up feeding the chicken. 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 <laughs> little little <laughs> chicken. Animal rights groups got at him or whatever. But uh, so let me flash back to the story. Um, Mark's interviewing interns because he's going to be moving out to California. Yeah, which is a, looks like a fun interviewing process. Yeah. Like, when you think of interview, sit down and explain yourself. No, he's got, like, destroy underground... fucking liver. <laughs> yeah, underground destroy your liver cockfighting-esque ring going down with... Hacking. Hacking. And I, you got to understand what... I didn't even really catch what they were trying to do. They had to, like, hack into something while pop-up ads are popping up, and every ten minutes you had to drink. Yeah, every, every tenth time line of code, they had, had to, to drink. drink. Yeah. Every three minutes they had to drink, and every... Oh, jeez, there's so many rules. There's so much drinking, yeah. and there's people yelling and screaming, and the two but, guys win, they get invited out, um, and then they play an awesome song to uh, basically enter their transition to California, the Dead Kennedys, California, Uber Alice. Oh. Loved that song. There's so many other songs I could have chose there. Like, how many Red Hot Chili Peppers songs could they have chose? Well... Anything, anything at that time, you know, you could have chose. Or some Biggie Small or some Tupac. or Something that says we're going to California. Yeah. They chose that one, and I really liked that. I thought that was an awesome song to choose there. Um, at so this point, I, I wrote down, he's still a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is still a dick. Uh, Just so they, truly they're, hateable. Yeah, they're living out by Stanford. They're literally a few blocks away from the campus. Um who happens to be his next-door neighbor. Yeah, next-door neighbor with uh, living with a chick that doesn't seem like ever shows up again after yeah, this. Yeah, um, but, and it's Sean. Yeah. Sean Park is their neighbor. Um, Eduardo dubs him Captain Charisma, which pretty much fits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he does a little bit of puppeteering with fucking Mark at that point. Yeah, he takes him out to a club and just kind of just keeps filling his head with with ideas and yeah. stuff. And he tells a very interesting story about Victoria's Secret. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I don't know how much truth there is to that story, but it is kind of cool. Yeah, um, the original owner yeah. sold it for 400 Yeah. Sold it for, like, what, four, for $5 million, and then five years later, it's worth, like, $200 billion, and he kills himself. Yeah. So Jumped off the Golden Gate. Yeah. Um, and this is where he tells him, you know, you know, a million dollars is cool. But you know what else is cool? Or no, was that at the other? That was at the other. That was the other thing. A billion dollars. A billion dollars. That's cool. Uh, and then we flash over to England. In the regatta. With the regatta. And at this point, they had just launched Facebook overseas yeah. in Oxford and Cambridge. Um, All and the this big is schools. One of the coolest scenes in the movie. I think. How so? Simply because of the music they put behind this. It's a, a regatta. It's a crew race between Harvard and the Oxford guys or whatever. There's some Dane. They're in Dutch. Dutch. Whatever on, the, the names are right? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. But <coughs> like a dubstep remix version of In the Hall of the Mountain King by Grieg. Hmm. And I didn't notice that one. Yeah. That was the song the whole time they were playing while they were racing. I know. I didn't, maybe I wasn't dun, 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 And it's... I thought it was super cool. Yeah. And the Harvard guys lose. Oh, poor them. Yeah. And uh, the Winklevoss twins with Cameron and Tyler. Find out about Find Facebook. out it's overseas. And in other countries now. What the hell? All right. It's time to sue. Let's do yeah. this. Um, 
and then flash out to California. Sean's basically setting up business meetings. Eduardo's pissed. Yeah, Eduardo shows up. And he's like, I've been waiting at the fucking airport for an hour now, and yeah. you haven't picked me up. And Eduardo's basically the CFO. Yeah. Well, he but is, yeah. technically. Sean is setting up all these meetings. Yeah. Um, so he freezes their account. Yeah. At this point, I wrote down, uh, still a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just is, is, is it this point where he says the line with the, they're talking about how they start out with 1,000 and then there's an 18,000? Yeah. The lawyer chick's like, oh, like, so you had 1,000 and then there's 18,000. Yeah. Is that ni- now you have 19,000? And Mark's like, hold oh, on. I'm just checking your math on that. Yeah, that's right. I got the same thing. <laughs> so he's still, still a piece dick. Of shit. <laughs> Huge dick. So, Eduardo flies back out to California, to New York. Yeah, go back home. Runs into Christy. Oh, God. Yeah. He, he doesn't tell her he's home. After freezing accounts. Yeah. And he got her a present. It's a scarf. Oh, what it's a nice boyfriend. That's what you do for what a girlfriend. She, yeah, what'd she do? Clearly lights it on fire and burns your bed. Lights it on fire and dumps it on your bed. <laughs> because uh, your Facebook status is set as single. <laughs> he's like, I don't know how to change it. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. <laughs> And at this point, Mark calls him and said, yo, we need you back out in California. We got a guy wanting to make a $500,000 investment. We need you out here to sign it. And this time, Eduardo's like, all right, well, any of that past shit, I can let go. Comes out, signs the paperwork. Big mistake. Because yeah. he didn't bring a lawyer. He didn't flip, look like flip through it. And we'll find out here in a little bit yeah. why it's a big mistake. Um, basically, it says he got 34% of all their shares. Mark get 51 Sean got seven. Yeah, and then Moskovitz got seven, and uh, somebody else got like six point something. Point six percent or whatever. So he comes back out for their millionth member party. <laughs> With Mark, still a dick. Yeah, still an asshole. At this point, he comes out and he's like, "I'm ready to." He thinks he's coming out for a party, but it's really an ambush. Yeah, and he kind of gets another, ambushed with more contracts. More contracts, and as he's reading them. We find out that they needed to make new shares for the company, so they diluted Eduardo's shares. All not of them. Mark's, not Sean's. Not anyone else's. Not anybody <laughs> else's. Eduardo's shares got diluted from 34% to 0.03%. Ouch. So he took it raw, no lube or anything. Yeah. Just kind of. Yeah, and at this point, this is probably the only point where you start to feel for somebody. Yeah, right? I mean, just before this, I wrote down that Eduardo was the only sane one. So yeah. far, he, I mean, getting pissed off, and when he's dealing with his girlfriend, he seemed like the only sane person in this entire fucking yeah. movie. And that's the only reason I feel for him slightly. And he seems to be the one who's doing like the most work, to be honest. Like, okay, Mark and the quarters, they just sit behind a desk. Yeah, well, Sean just parties all the fucking time. Yeah, Eduardo's literally flying coast to coast, setting up meetings, all yeah. this shit, and he gets shafted like just this. Um, and Sean just kind of. As a dick to him after that, gives him a check for $19,000 from the account he froze, and he almost punches him, which I wish he would have. That would have been good. That would have been so satisfying. I did like his line there, though. He's like, I love standing next to you because it makes me look strong. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're all nerds, basically. So, this is where Sean gets caught. Oh, he goes to a party with uh, a party. and with interns. Interns and they're snorting some coke. Sean doing. I literally wrote down Sean doing coke with sluts. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those sluts ended up being underage. Yeah. So That's, and yeah. they find coke on his hands and. And apparently yeah. Sean had all had problems before, and that's why Eduardo didn't like him. But Mark was like, "Yo, he he knows all this shit, so we need him." Yeah. And Eduardo's like, yeah, "Okay, whatever." Um. So this is pretty much the last we see of Sean. Sean, yeah. Because, you know, he's a he, fucking asshole. And we always know an asshole named Sean. Yeah. We all know an asshole named Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this is kind of how where the movie starts to end. The depositions are ended. Um, Mark has a conversation with the lawyer chick, played by Rashida Jones. Yeah. Who I did not know was Rashida Jones at first until just today. Yeah. Um. I knew she looked familiar, but I couldn't pinpoint her. She basically tells him that, you know, they're going to bring a settlement and you should sign it. And she kind of tells him, you know, how it's going to go if he doesn't. Yeah. And he's like, eh, whatever. And he decides to look Erica up on Facebook. Yeah. And just sits there like a sad guy, just refreshing. Refreshing and matting her as a friend. And At which point I wrote, still an still asshole. Dick, yeah. <laughs> and then you kind of get a text on screen that lets you know what really happened. Um, the Winklevoss twins ended up settling for $65 million. 
and signed a non-disclosure agreement. Eduardo um, settled for an undisclosed amount of money yeah. and has his name back on the masthead yeah. of the site. Mm-hmm. And there's an awesome Beatles song ending. Yeah. I can't remember what the hell the song was, though. Me I just wrote down <laughs> Love the Beatles at the end. You probably should have wrote down more than yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Say that you're a rich man. That one's that song. You have a Beatles cup. I expected you to know that. <laughs> I every single one of them. Killing me. All right. So, yeah. You want me to give me my thoughts on it? or um, Save yeah. yours, or you want to go first? I think I'll go first on this one. All right. You go first. Yeah. Um, I'm going to straight up go with I gave this a 6 out of 10. Um, it was a good movie, and I would recommend it. Um, but for as far as being a story and a narrative... I mean, Mark, the main character, did nothing redeemable. No lessons were learned. He was an asshole throughout the entire movie. I mean, I only felt for Eduardo, like I'd said earlier. The sound I definitely enjoyed. It was a little bit low. I mean, that's why I maybe missed a few of the songs that you were talking about. But, uh, yeah, I give, you know, it's a 5 out of 10. I love the cinematography of it. There's a lot of beautiful shots. A lot of the Toyland shots where they got the focus blurred on the outside and just clear shot in the middle. Just beautiful. I love yeah. those. So damn good cinematography. And the end track was really nice. I wrote down. So obviously I noticed that too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a six out of ten. I definitely recommend it. It's something, something to watch. Um, it's probably not a rewatcher in my book. But especially if you're a huge Facebook user and you want to know the background. Yeah, it all, this movie made me want to. You know, shut down my Facebook yeah. page. So yeah, it might make shy away from Facebook. Which when I when I saw this in theaters when it first came out, and the theater was packed with a bunch of like tweens who <laughs> thought this movie was gonna be so cool about Facebook, and leaving the theater they were like, "This movie's so stupid." And I'm like, "It's because you have no idea what it was about." No, nothing about it. <laughs> yeah, and as I left the theater thinking it was brilliant. Um, I think there is a good acting job. I think they did a great casting oh, um we could, i know we, gavin disagrees with me but i think yes. there's a better casting job um because yeah. a lot of these actors were good unknown. casting bad acting yeah at the time i don't want to watch jesse eisenberg play jesse eisenberg i want to see him play mark zuckerberg <laughs> but he's the whole point of him is that he's like mark zuckerberg that's why he's a great uh-huh. casting. is he though we don't know that pretty much if that's mm-hmm. how he was supposed to be portrayed i mean is the co-creator of napster just like justin timberlake could be <laughs> yeah it's the, i don't uh, know I don't want but. to see Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, fucking playing Eduardo. I, I want to see you them go out of their depth. You don't want to see him playing Spider-Man either. So. Well, yeah, but I yeah. want to see the actors go out of their depth. That's all I'm saying. Okay. We'll, we'll agree to disagree okay. there. <laughs> I thought it was a very good acting job. Um, there was an epic score. Like I said, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails and Atticus Ross did a great job with the score. Um, also great direction, great cinematography, as Gavin said, too. It's really hard not to like. The only problem I have with it is that it is so exaggerated from the real story. Yeah, it's very fictionalized. One big instance is that Erica Albright doesn't exist. <laughs> Mark was really engaged to the – was dating the woman he's married to now the whole time he was creating Facebook. So yeah. they kind of instituted Erica to, like, put him against women, like – he hated that he was always getting denied. Well, that made it a love interest and gave it a... Yeah. I mean, the whole last scene of him just, you know, clicking that refresh, you yeah. know, because he it was, was love lost. But yeah, that just know. gives you an idea of how fictionalized this is. And I really wish they would have done more with Dust, Dustin Moskovitz. He was a, a, another integral part. I mean, he's in the movie, but you rarely hear about him. Yeah. Um, you hear his name quite a bit. Yeah. You don't but see him too much. All in all, I love this movie. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. I think very highly of this movie. It's a David Fincher film, and his film, they're very precise. That whole first scene at the bar, they made them take 88 takes of that. Uh, why? Because he's so per- he wants everything perfect. How many times did they do it perfect in that 88, I, I wonder? Know. You know? You don't know. But, I mean, that's just it, he puts a lot of work into his films, and I think they show. So I'm going to stick with 9 out of 10. Um See, IMDb gives it a 7.7. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 96%. Yeah. The audience gives it an 86 on there. So, yeah. But everybody does think highly of this movie. A lot of people do think highly. Yeah. Not everybody, um, obviously. This movie was nominated for 161 awards. It won three Oscars, including score, film editing, and adapted screenplay, along with being nominated for Best Director was David Fincher, Best Picture, which lost to the King's Speech, 
And Jesse Eisenberg was nominated for Best Actor. He lost to Colin Firth in The King's Speech. Um, it did win the Golden Globe for Best Picture. Also won for Score, Screenplay, Director. It was AFI's Movie of the Year in 2011. So, yeah, it's <laughs> highly regarded amongst the critics. Which Gavin, I know, doesn't like him. It's a jerk-off fest. Yes, it's a huge jerk-off fest. Thank you. <laughs> um it had a $40 million budget and made $214 million worldwide, so definitely got a return on that. Um, but yeah, this is a great movie. It is a movie. Okay. It's a movie worth watching. I'll give it so, up. Yeah. Um, a couple other fun things about this. A lot of the shots of Harvard's campus, including the first scene, it's not Harvard. It's actually Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. Wow. So, yeah. And also... Seeing as you didn't like Jesse Eisenberg playing Mark, do you want to know who turned down the role of Mark? Who? Shia LaBeouf. That probably would have been just as good. <laughs> he might have put so, some yeah. depth into it, which would have um, been nice to see. I don't know see. how he would have done in this role. Probably not good. Probably not any good, but I did like Jesse Eisenberg. So. Um, he definitely played a good Jesse Eisenberg. So, yeah. Um, anything else you want to add here before we head to break? No, I think we're good. I'm ready. All right, we'll stick up. around. We will be back with part two. All right, and welcome back to the second half of the MFAB podcast. Um, our B-side movie is going to be 1999's Existence with a Z. Yeah, it's a good old-fashioned David Cronenberg horror movie, body horror. I love it. Um, this is starring Jula and uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Jennifer Jason Leigh, along with you know William Defoe and Christopher Echelon for all you Doctor Who fans, and Ian Holm. Apparently, he's thing too. Sarah Pauly. There's a lot of people in this. Yeah, it's uh. There's a lot of people in a lot of movies. There are. There are definitely many people in lots of movies. <laughs> It's a good point. I never thought of that. All right. So, you want to start it off? Yeah. Um, you start off in sort of like a focus group. It looks like it's in an old church somewhere. Yeah, product which, testing. Product testing, which is a weird place to hold a focus group, I think. You don't have an office building, you got to use an old church. Whatever works, I guess. You know. Whatever works. But it kind of says something about your product if you can't get an office building. Well, it says something about production of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get an office but um, it's a focus group for this new game called Existence. Big Capital X. X Capital, Capital Z. Z. <laughs> um, it's basically like a virtual reality video game. And it's a game pod. It <laughs> looks like a crumpled up fetus with like an umbilical type yeah, cord. And you kind of just flick Human chunks. Yeah. That's what I wrote down. Human chunks. I thought it was a fetus. And then when they started up... She literally flicks this nipple-like thing on it, and she just kind of—I thought she orgasmed at first. She's yeah. just like, <laughs> "They're jacking in, you know." Yeah. Okay, they're jacking in, <laughs> and you later find out that this umbilical cord attaches to a bioport, a second butthole, basically a second <laughs> butthole in your back, in yeah. your spine, um, right in the spinal cord. I love that. That's, yeah. So. Like I said, David Cronenberg does a lot of body horror films. This is just uh, yeah, another one. We'll get way more into that. Yeah. That's what this was about. Um, so basically, Jennifer Jason Leigh's character, Allegra Keller, Allegra. she is the game designer of Geller. Existence. Geller? Geller. Geller? Oh, okay. I thought it was Keller. Nope. Oh, Geller. All right. Apparently, they need to learn how to pronounce their G's in this movie. Um, you need to listen better. I thought it was Keller. Give me a break. Anyways. <laughs> um, so... As she plugs in, some guy in the front row jumps up and... Uh, death to the demoness, Allegra Geller. Geller and, and shoots her. Shoots her with? This gun that I... It's like the made of... fucking gun ever. Yeah, I wrote down with... The, and he shoots her with this weird gun. Straight up bone gun. Yeah, and then uh, she he gets taken out, and she's laying on the ground, and uh, they give her to Jude Law's character, Ted Peichel. <laughs> Pico. Fuck you, Pico, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> For any fans of Rick and Morty out there, yeah, uh, yeah, that me and Gavin could not stop laughing throughout yeah. the entire movie for that. Um, fucking Pico. <laughs> but 
he's basically put in charge of taking care of her. Yeah. And he takes this weird ass gun. And they then they kind of take off. Yeah, they get I hop right in the Range Rover or whatever the fuck it is and head down the road. Which at this point, um, if you look at her character, she is way too fucking calm. Yeah, she's <laughs> just being shot in the arm. Calm she's throughout the fucking, entire movie. Yeah, like nothing's wrong. Got a care in the fucking world. No, nope, I just got shot in the shoulder. It's cool. Let's go. Yeah, awesome. So you know what? Jude Law's character, Pykel, pulls out his pink phone, which looks like a another chunk of flesh. Yeah. It's apparently a phone. <laughs> Creepy flesh pod, I think I wrote down. Yeah. I I I wanted to write something down but I didn't. But yeah, it just looks like a a ear, maybe? I don't know. It was just like one big chunk. Chunk of flesh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll call it that. A I'm, chunk of flesh. I'm I'm like a chicken breast. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. With veins. Yeah. Because <laughs> all phones should have veins. Yeah. Um, only our, our life source nowadays pretty much. So um, but they stop. Well, she throws his phone out. Yeah. Like, oh, they're tracking us. Get rid of this. And then uh, Ted digs out the bullet. Yeah. Uh, this turns out to be a tooth. Yeah, human tooth. Human tooth shot from the bone gun. <laughs> and once again, this is a pretty badass gun. It's made of bones and it shoots teeth. That's, you know, perfect for getting past airport security. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, yeah you can conceal that anywhere. Yeah. This is when we find out that. Ted's never played her games. Yeah, he's always he doesn't wanted to. His own bioport. But yeah, because he's afraid of, afraid of getting penetrated. Has he? Yeah, he's not a huge fan of being penetrated. Because <laughs> that's basically how you get these bioports: is they shoot you in the back. And this, at this point, is where I noticed uh, you were talking about Jude Law's accent. Yeah. And I noticed the Canadian one at this point. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, his accent. I swear to God, at one point he says a boot. A boot. <laughs> well. Jude Law is an English actor, and he's trying to play an American, or obviously with a regular English accent. And I, I just noticed that it poked through several times. And if you haven't noticed a Canadian accent, he really needs to get his accent under control. <laughs> it's kind of um, all over the place in this town. So. Then they run into, they go, to, oh, they need to stop at a country gas station, which is called Country Gas Station. Well, before that, this is when I get, this is what I wrote down. It takes, a, I said, all it takes is Allegra to cry a little, and he's instantly over his phobia. Well, yeah, she, she wants, made him feel sad, and he's like, all right, I Wants him to play the game, and, you know, either he wants to get on that, or... Okay, so that's all it takes to get over a lifelong phobia? Apparently. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Piece of ass? <laughs> Maybe. But Maybe if uh, that, some super hot chick came up to you and was like, hey, could like you a, swim across the lake for me? It's like that part in the Italian job we talked water. about where she was like, I don't know if I can break the safe. You got it. Okay. <laughs> it's like the same place. That was more of a mystery. I'm so scared. I don't want to get this bioport. I don't like it. Please. Italian job okay. was more of a mystical Jedi bone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she gained from the power of love. He's just, you know, doing He's something like, out of the... Yeah. <laughs> I just got to do this. So, all right. So, yeah. So, she takes him to meet Gas. Yeah, Gas God, the mechanic. He's played by Willem Dafoe. Skeletor himself. Does a great job. Yeah. Well, he's... Everything he does. Everything, everything this guy, Willem Dafoe, does is good. Um, Ted gets fitted. <laughs> and this is... Like, kind of looks at this two-headed... Lizard, yeah. Lizard mini dragon-looking thing. Which, it was either CG or claymation, I couldn't tell. It I looked like tell. CG to me. I mean, it did like look... It could have been CG, very, but... very early crude CG. Yeah. It did look like claymation, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Ted gets fitted with the bioport, and I wrote down, ba- Ted basically gets spine-fucked. Yeah, I love how <laughs> what I got written down is, uh, Creepy Lizard slash Fuck You, Pykel, Butthole Installed. <laughs> So, yeah, because he doesn't want to get installed. He doesn't so he want to puts get in a fight. Yeah, eventually, gets blasted in the spine. Yep. And this is where you finally see what a bioport looks like, yeah. and it looks like a butthole. Yeah, it's, it's like a butthole in the middle of your back. In the middle of your back. Lower back. It's like a tramp stamp tramp butthole. Tramp stamp butthole, pretty much. Um, so then they try and log into existence, and but they blow up the pod. Yeah, because fetus looking thingy. Well, Pykel has like a neuro surge or whatever that. Yeah. Blast out the. It wasn't a neuro surge. Was it? I thought gas gave him an infected pod or something. Yeah, infected bioport. Okay, infected bioport, yeah. With, like, the neurosurge or whatever. It's useless, pretty much. It's useless. Just short shit out. Yeah. So we did it wrong on purpose. Did it wrong on purpose. Okay. 
and all because he wanted to collect the $5 million bounty on Allegra's head. Um, Allegra's trying to talk him out of it, and this is when Ted just shoots him in the neck. Bioports him in the neck. Bioports him <laughs> in the neck and kills him um, before he can kill Allegra. Yeah. So then they go to the ski club where <laughs> Allegra finds her friend. This is Well, no, this is the hotel first. No, that's not what right. I... He has the fiction... He has to fix your port first. Oh. You go to the ski clutch. Because I just have next, Allegra's case is clearly a ski boot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, the dude fixes her pod and gives her a new one that they can play existence. Okay, surgery on the pod, yeah. And that's when they go in-game. Yeah. Which, the transitions from in-game to out-of-game. Uh, you got something to say? Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, this is when Allegra fingers Ted's port, by the way. Before oh, yeah. Yeah. She totally just fingers it. Gets in there. <laughs> a lot of sexual innuendo with, uh, yeah. you know, the extra butthole. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, so then they pour it into existence. Yeah. Which, like I was saying, the transitions are awesome. Pretty cool, because you don't really think they transition. Yeah, no, it just, it kind of melds together yeah. really well. It's like you're looking at them, and their background's the same, but their foreground changes. And then you see and someone, someone coming down the stairs... It's different. Yeah, someone's coming downstairs, and suddenly they're in a shop yeah. in a game, and, you know, they were in their room seconds ago, and mm-hmm. really well done. Yeah, and this is where you get a feeling of what existence is. Allegra says you have to play the game to figure out why you're playing the game. Which, you know, is any game if you do yeah. it. Um, but they meet Darcy Matters, the owner of the shop they're in. He gives them micropods that kind of just get sucked into their... <laughs> <laughs> Bio buttholes. Yeah. They loop them up. Yeah, there's some creepy butthole play at this point. Yeah, Ted totally tongues the leg his butthole. Yeah, because it was his in-game characters thing. It yeah, wasn't like, it's not me, it's in-game characters, sure it is. Because at some points, apparently you do what your character's going to do no matter what. Yeah. So tonguing her, you know, bio butthole is apparently... Yeah. <laughs> gets um, deep in there, too. It's <laughs> really aggressive. she liked it, because they start to make out after that. Yeah, all their characters go into yeah. taking over mode. So, and they kind of go to the trout farm. Yeah, it kind of just cuts. Kind of just cuts right away. Weird trans- dark cut there. It wasn't as good as the last in-game or into-game transition. It was kind of quick and jagged. Yeah. He's working at a trout farm. Which, it's not really a trout yeah, it's not farm a trout farm at all. Farm. <laughs> uh, this is where those things you were talking about uh, all the body gags or whatever you'll see the, with all the creepy things that they're tearing apart at this place oh like all the creatures yeah all the creatures yeah it's very i mean cronenberg yeah very cronenberg-esque i guess yeah um, very blobular and like fleshy and yeah. a lot ted- of different looking animals creatures i guess so ted's by himself there and then he runs into allegra um Asking his coworker, he says you should go to the Chinese restaurant for lunch. Uh, creepy Russian dude. And yeah. order the special. Yeah, gotta order the special. So they go to the restaurant and their waiter, who I wrote down, looks like an Asian Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> his mustache was a little wider. I'm it's like, wider, but uncanny resemblance. To <laughs> um, At this point, they pause. Which, yeah. Uh, Pico kind of freaks out and he says. Out. Yeah, existence pause. Existence pause, and he just kind of passes out on the table. And but did you take a look at the table at that point? Because the right. table is not the table. It was a pillow. His face sinks in, and then it kind of uh, through cuts and edits, it morphs into the room they're in. So it yeah. goes back to reality yeah. at that point, which mm-hmm. was really cool. Another transition that I yeah, just the transitions are really cool. Game pauses. He wakes up. Starts to wonder what's real and what's the game. Yeah, he's because that's the, the thing is, yeah, is the game feels so realistic. You don't, you almost don't re- realize when you're in it. Yeah. Um, and Allegra just wants to get back in the game. Yeah. She's kind so, of writhing in the bed at all times. Yeah. She, it almost seems like she's just the the entire movie. She's just like sexually feeling herself. Yeah, a little bit. And her pod. Yeah, and her pod, too. She has a weird sexual vibe to her. She finger blasts that pod like a million Mm, times. All the time, yeah. Um, So they head back into the game. 
The special includes the two-headed dragon thingy. Yeah, and all the other stuff that they've been yeah. working with at the trout farm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ted eats the special. Michael kind of goes into a, I'm disgusted with myself, but I can't help what I'm doing. Yeah, because the food doesn't look like it should be good at all. It shouldn't be eaten, probably. And he continues to eat it. Yeah. But pulling pieces apart and making them into the bone gun. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. And then he just kind of pops out his teeth. Yeah, he pulls out a bridge that he didn't know he had. Yeah. That he's never had because his teeth are perfect, but his character obviously had in-game. Um, you know, puts him into the gun. Shoots the waiter. Yeah, he says he has to shoot someone. He has and to shoot someone. Allegra right? thinks he's going to shoot her, so she's grabbing her soup and about to throw it in his face. And Yeah, well, he points the gun right at her. She's Well, yeah, but after. This is after that. Yeah. And then he shoots the waiter. Which was awesome. Yeah. The he first... slices the gun in half, too. Yeah, well, he shoots him the first time and just grazes his cheek, which, you know, is still the actor. You can clearly tell it's the actor. Yeah. And then the second shot, just fucking full-size dummy prosthetic, blood squirting out the side. It looked hilarious and great. So he, the waiter saws the gun in half. And the gun starts to bleed. Yeah, the gun's bleeding. Yeah. That's and normal, though. You got a bone gun, it's going to bleed. You of know? course. <laughs> we all know this. And then, so the waiter's gone. Um, and they kind of wind up back in Darcy's store. Yeah, they go back to the game store to talk to Darcy. Which, oh, I thought this was great. The guy buying stuff ahead of them, did you see the name of the game? <laughs> I did. What the hell was it? Because he was buying a VR helmet, and then he was buying the game... Hit by a car. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get to experience the feeling of being hit by a car. Everybody's wanting to experience Yeah, it's that. like the best game ever. Yeah. Honestly, though, I, I, you ever wonder what that's like, being hit by a car? Not at all. Really? God, no. I don't know. Not like I want to, but... <laughs> we got a car outside. <laughs> no, this no. If you want, I'm just throwing it out there. What do those people go through? <laughs> that would be a game I would play. Why? I don't know. There's a. It's kind of dark. Yeah, it is. You just wonder. Like I kind of want to know what it feels like to be shot by a small caliber bullet, but I'm never going to do it. <laughs> no, no, I'm never going to run out and play in traffic. I don't want to play a game where I get shot. Well, I do. I play tons of game where I get shot. Yeah. But... <laughs> so, anyways, we're back in the game store here, <laughs> and this is where we find out a bunch of weird backstory. You find yeah. out, you know, the what's his name. Darcy was a mole. Darcy was a mole. The guy that was at the trout farm, his name is Nourish. The Russian. He's a double agent. Yeah. Um, the waiter was actually their uh, con- contact. Contact. Yeah. Some, yeah. Bunch of weird shit. Um, so then they go back to the farm and find Allegra's diseased pod. Which? She pours into it and gets, like, totally sick. Yeah, and so they, he cuts, cuts the umbilical the- cord. Yeah. It just... <laughs> just bleeds and bleeds and bleeds yeah. and she's like upon almost dying yeah, she's dying pretty much um so russian comes in with a flamethrower takes out the pod which explodes into spores yeah that kind of like spread throughout the factory which is kind of gross looking there's a bunch of black dust flying everywhere yeah any kind of dating david cronenberg movie is gonna have a lot of gross stuff in it. yeah it was a lot it was gross the whole farm they worked at was gross yeah they're just like Grabbing slimy fish things and ripping them apart. It's like it? a weird mix between like a actual fish farm and then like a medical station where they're putting together these game pods. Yeah, <laughs> it was very odd. Um, it's, it's just a disgusting mix of like a war torn you know hospital or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. So then Allegra stabs uh, Nourish, and he's still got a flamethrower, so the entire building catches on fire. <laughs> um. And unfortunately, they wake up and bring the disease from the game back in her pod. Yeah. Because Ted's port is now infected. Because, who was it, the doctor who was working with her pod trying to fix it? Yeah. Gave him a diseased port? Gave him a diseased port. So, a lot of twists and stuff are happening here. Millions of twists at this point. Yeah. Um, And then this huge explosion... And some dude comes walking in Rambo style. Yeah. Shoots, blows the shit out of the pod. And then Ted's like, whoa, 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 we might still be in the game. Or we might not be. <laughs> we might not be. 
So he, this is what I, this part I didn't understand because he drags her outside to get her to safety, and then is immediately like, "I need to kill you." Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand why that was happening. Well, doesn't her one the doctor guy show up first? Well, he kills the army guy. He kills the, okay. He kills the army guy. Allegra kills with him. a bone gun because his dog brought him the bone gun. Okay. Um. Then Allegra kills him. Yeah. And then. And you, at this point, you're like, okay, what the fuck? Are they in the game? Or are they yeah, not? What's happening? It's so fucking weird. Um. And then we realize, oh. as you said, you got something to say before that. Well, we missed the whole part where uh, Pykel's infected port. She puts like a thing in it to heal it. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I was infected, so to get the pain or whatever away, she puts that into his spine, and it's like, in a couple hours, it should be fine. Okay. More butthole action? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the deep penetration of this butthole, bio-butthole. <laughs> okay, so after Allegra kills the doctor guy, this is when we find out Ted is Allegra's assassin all along. Yeah. Um, And that thing she put in his spine was really like a bomb. So she was like, I knew you were the assassin since the restaurant. Goodbye. Fucking push button. It's like butthole back explosive. (laughs) Explosive biodiarrhea, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) He dies, and then boom. And she's like, I won, right? I won. Yeah. And they all wait. She says, death to the demon Ted Peichel. Death to the demon Ted Peichel. And then she starts to get like this purplish thing on her head. Yeah, crawling over her head. And then her arm. And then you realize she's in a demo for a game <laughs> called Transcendence with a D. You know, big C, big Z. Yeah. Which, Existence was a game demo inside Transcendence, so it's like video game demos inception. <laughs> and we find out that Nourish, the Russian dude, was the creator of Transcendence. Yeah. And what do they all get for taking part in this focus group demonstration? Well, the experience, first of all, you and... Get, you get a certificate. Uh, yeah, so you can buy the you system buy the game. at you a severely it. reduced price. Yeah. Imagine if they did that with, like, a Xbox One or PS4. Why would you just get the fucking game for free? Why do you have to get a reduced price? Oh, rich. I'm made of money. So? Selling a product. I thought, you get a certificate. I'm like, ooh, Congratulations. <laughs> And this is where you just get mind fucked all the hell now. <laughs> like wild things esque twists. So all the characters that were in there, Gas and William Defoe's character and the, the old doctor, doctor and Darcy. Chris Echelon, the original guy. Asian the, waiter. Asian waiter, yep, they're all there, except they're all playing the game. Yeah, know, they're all characters in a demo. playing the game. Um and they're all like, Oh, that was awesome and they're all kinda talking and Ted and Allegra go over to Nourish, and they're like, yo, we need to talk to the designer away from everybody else. And just kind of rip this back fur pod off of his dog, pull yeah. out a gun, and shoot Nourish. Yep. And then... Death to the demon. Death to the demon, Nourish. Whatever. <laughs> I could laugh my ass off with at Ted screaming that, because I'm like, God, that is so funny. Just so straight face, and then explode. <laughs> yep. And then they walk out. And run into the Asian dude, and they're going to point their gun at him. And he's like, whoa, 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 let's wait. Are we still in the game? And it's kind of just staring at Ted and Allegra. And credits. Then cut to black. And you're like, God, what the fuck? So we never really know. We never really know. Yeah. But as I said, I found out uh, in some trivia afterwards. And maybe it would help going back and watching it again. Um so if you haven't seen this yet, here's something to look for. Keep an eye on Jennifer Jason Lee's hair, Allegra's hair. Because apparently when she's in the real world, her hair is completely straight. When she's in one of the games, it's partially curly. And when she's in another game, it's completely curly. So that kind of gives you an idea of where where they're at in the yeah. story. And that might help if you watch it again. Um, Not really, because they don't do too much jumping between games. Though. They don't do so much, but I do remember seeing her hair partially curly and curly, so I, it might help a little bit. Um, but, yeah. So, you want me to get my rating first here? Uh, of course. Um, I think this is really had some subpar acting. I just made me really, really realize I don't like Jude Law. I really don't. He's kind of like, eh, eh, as an actor. Um, 
because he can't get his action under control for one. Um, it was a little hard to follow at first, but I did get into it. It had some awesome props and effects, especially with all the gross, fleshy-looking creatures. creatures. Yeah. Um, the ending is what really saved it for me. Um, but now that I've looked back on it, I, it's not a huge saver, but it is worth watching, I think. Um, but uh, So I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. It's, eh. So you jumped down one day? Yeah. I, I, originally, I originally out of 6. six I... But I think I, I rated that too quick because I think that was so floored by the ending. But, yeah, I'm going to drop it down to a 5. Um, and the more that I think about it, so, yeah. Just middle of the road for me. Middle of the road? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm pretty much with you in that. Uh, I gave it a 5 out of 10 as well. Um, this is definitely one of my favorite movies growing up, but I love Cronenberg flicks, so, I mean, it just kind of played into that, you know, love of the genre, I guess, the whole body horror thing, which there's more movies like that to come, by the way. Okay. But I'm excited. Good to know. But the music was kind of subpar. didn't really wow anywhere. Um, the acting, yeah, definitely middle of the road. I mean, I did like Jude Law's portrayal of the character. The Allegra, she just kind of dead-faced the entire yeah, movie. So she kind really of, didn't do a good job. Kind of an off-putting, but Defoe obviously did a good job. He always does. Yeah, of course. You know, so on and so forth. The cinematography was one of my favorites in this. Because, uh, like I said, those transitions are just beautiful to watch. Because yeah. you don't see it coming and just there, and it's so fluid. I like that. That and uh, the props, obviously, were amazing for me. Okay. So, I mean, I was teetering on jumping up to a six on this one, but I think I'm going to keep it at a five, be a little more conservative on it, because it's just not, I don't get the nostalgia that I had watching it originally, you know. It doesn't hold up, I guess, as much. Yeah. So... so- IMDb gives it a 6.8, which obviously you can think we think that's a little high. Um, and the one thing that bothered me is the tagline on the cover from the San Francisco Chronicle saying that this makes the Matrix look like child's play. <laughs> yeah, we can both agree on that, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the Matrix is a far Take better. Take the high road on this one, but. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned to the podcast, future episodes. Wink, wink. Oh, yeah. That's about all I'll say for that right now. But There's no spoilers, but... uh, <laughs> No, no spoilers. But a complete spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. A few... A couple a couple bits of trivia here. Um, this is David Cronenberg's first original screenplay since he did Videodrome in 1983. Which is on the list of movies I'm going to make you watch. Right. So we'll look forward to that one, too. Great. And also, I think this is kind of funny and a little bit of a bad decision on Jennifer Jason Leigh's part. Um, she was filming Eyes Wide Shut, um, if you know that movie, uh, Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut, at the same time when she needed to reshoot um, for that, and she was filming Existence. Um, she chose to stay with Existence. And passion and Project. Passion Project, which she didn't seem too passionate in. Um, her role in Eyes Wide Shut was then recast to Nicole Kidman. <laughs> so, Ouch. I kind of think you went the wrong way there, JJL. So, yeah. Um, well, she's done a lot since then, though, hasn't she? Kind of. I really thought she was a 90s actress. I don't know what else she's... She, I mean, she was most recently in The Hateful Eight. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen that one yet. That's but, yeah, I, that's kind of got mixed reviews, too. Well, so, oh, she was in The Jacket. That's a really good one. Never heard of it. Yeah, that's another one. In a machinist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, she's Kidman done since nineteen ninety. She's also done a lot of TV. And okay. She's I mean, got, she's she's still acting. She's in the new Twin Peaks series. Ooh, that should be interesting. Okay. I just I don't know okay. if you ever watch Twin Peaks, but I, I've heard of it. But yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that'll about do it then for this episode. Um. A little contact information here for us. Uh, you, you can hit us up on Facebook, uh, search for MFAB Podcast. We're on Twitter at MFAB Podcast and also at Gmail. MFAB, guess what it is. MFAB Podcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, um, feel free to shoot us some comments, feature ideas for the show, any questions you have for us. Or just write us to make fun of us. Yeah. We love it. Mm-hmm. 
We do it constantly. We don't care. <laughs> Fuck y'all. Yep. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I I don't agree with that statement. We I'm very appreciative of you listeners. No. Yes, we're all very appreciative of yeah. you listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I wholeheartedly agree with. <laughs> yeah. Never mind, Gavin. He's a cynical asshole. So. But he's a okay guy. <laughs> Supposedly. Supposedly. But all right, that is gonna do it for us this time. Um, signing off, I'm Aaron. And I'm Gavin. We'll see you next time. Next week, we watch Vin Diesel and The Rock Showdown in Fast Five. And Guitar Wolf shows us the true meaning of rock and roll. Until next time. That's a wrap. Cut. <laughs>